0: And welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast, the only podcast that cares about the state of Sean Maitland's World Rugby Awards outfit, because uh, he was dressed like a reluctant teenager at his auntie's third wedding. Uh, anyway, I am Cammy Black, and I'm joined this week by Rory Baldwin.
1: Hello. Uh,
0: you, you only care about the fact there's three bounties in Bounty Ice Cream Packs, don't you?
1: Yes, that that is the only thing I care about.
0: Um, and Ian Hay. Hello, everyone. Uh, do you care about anything this week, Ian, of importance?
2: oh uh, um well i'm more of a magnums man myself raspberry magnums so, how many, you know, how you many do you get, magnums, how many did you get in a pack how many do you get
0: three i know so, doesn't make sense
2: yeah uh, so it's best to just be two packets so you know otherwise somebody's gonna lose out yeah if it's just the two of you
0: but, yeah um anyway we're, we're not here to talk about ice cream um there we go. there's music. Don't forget, you can visit the blog ScottishRugbyBlog.co.uk. Email us podcast at ScottishRugbyBlog.co.uk. We're on Twitter at ScottRugbyBlog and at CamiBlack, and we're also on Facebook and Instagram, but we're not on Tinder, Grinder, Reddit, GeoCities, Alta Vista, or Ask Jeeves. So far as we're aware, um, if you see anyone reporting to be us on, on any of those websites, let us know because um, they're imposters. Um, we're going to start with a couple of points of order. Um, Rory, it was you and I last week, um, and evidently we we got a number of things wrong during the podcast. <laughs> only, only a number. <laughs> only a number. Yeah, um, lots of uh, points of order and fact checking going on. Um, Australia beat Argentina more recently than we did, apparently. And New Zealand have lost twice this year. I think we said they would only lost once. Was
1: it? Was it not Ireland? Uh, no, I can't mean. Did Ireland beat, did Australia? Beat Ireland? Uh, i'm sure i'm but, sure it was ireland that you got corrected on it would be it would be a shame to 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 state another inaccuracy whilst correcting your inaccuracies
0: <laughs> well some, somebody beat Ireland more recently than we did or somebody beat some australia no australia Ireland beat australia you're right
1: is that right i'll, I'll, go, on, I'll go on i'll go i'll go and have a look because it was do. on the comments
0: the other um the other thing we um a point of order is we i can't remember what context we started talking about manslaughter um and we've Malk has got in touch to say that there's no such thing as manslaughter in Scotland uh, what we should have said is culpable homicide so apologies to uh, any legal bods listening to us uh, we'll, we'll try and get our Scots law right from here on in um we also had a question in from Fraser who asked why we kept saying BT Murrayfield and why we keep writing it um and Rory you you reply, you responded to this and there is yeah, a good reason uh, why we do it
1: there there is a good reason because uh, we've been Asked too nicely by the uh, by the the communications team at Murrayfield, they have uh, they have signs up in the press box, and that's this is this is what it's called, and you must refer to it. Um, certainly, an on match day stuff that we're we're doing, it's uh, I guess it's the uh, it's the price you price you pay to to get into the uh, into the into the press box.
0: I suppose the um, flip the flip side of that as well is that if we all start using it, and I say we all like, I mean, why the why it, people use it wider as well as it makes it more of an attractive. Proposition once the BT deal runs out to attract someone else, yeah. So you know, it's a pub- we're all doing our bit for Scottish rugby. If we keep calling it BT Murrayfielders, um, as as, as much as that feels like selling out, it is in us to a certain extent. But it's just going to bring in more money for uh, for rugby. Um, um, I
1: find the correction. It was Team Cam. He said uh, Australia beat Ireland more recently than we did.
0: Okay, so I was right. Is that what I said? I can't even uh, remember what I said now. Yeah.
1: Was that part of the three match
2: series they had over the summer? I think it must have been. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, Anyway, we're not going to talk about Ireland's uh, summer tour. Um, We were going to do a full. We were going to just talk about Argentina and then do a full autumn test review next week. But given the um, standard of rugby that was played on Saturday, what we thought we'd do is we'd just briefly talk about the Argentina match and do our autumn test review now, Um, just because we couldn't really bear to talk about the Argentina game uh, at length. Rory, did you pick any comments up from the blog on the Argentina game? This is did you say it's the, our most eighth most commented on article? Yeah,
1: I think it's gone up to seventh now because um, okay. it was it was level with something else when I checked, and then there has been a few more comments. And it's a um, it's a strange one because the usually the player ratings get a lot, and they're not getting nobody's. I don't know if um, anyone's noticed them yet. But well, um, we've
0: we've probably refined the player rating so much over the yeah, autumn now that, that there's no disputing them.
1: Yeah, or, or they're just like, oh, they're tinkering, buggering about with it again, so let's just not bother. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I was have, having a look. It's it's actually quite tricky wading through that article now, because there's so many comments that um, most people are long past actually discussing the game. Um, but I did see one from Johnny B that I thought was uh, was quite apt, just it's saying um, the pack was changed, and we started with a completely untried at any level, 10 to 12. Uh, Argentina are a championship side who scored two wins against the box and wallabies last season. They're not mugs and can turn you over. So we'll be happy that we got there. Lay off Adam Hastings and take it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's a fair point.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I think it, uh, yeah, I think probably looking back at the game, the 10, 12 axis was, was probably the least of the least of the uh, least of the worries that, that we had there. But um, yeah, I mean, Argentina didn't, they didn't, they didn't look great, but at the same time, they could quite easily have won that game if Sanchez had, had his kicking boots on, and you'd almost think that uh, they might have deserved to win it. With, certainly, with the amount of penalties we gave them. So,
0: yeah, I mean, Ian, you were at the game, and I—I I mean, I, I was—I was watching from my sick bed because I had a, a bout of sort of man flu over the weekend, and it, but it, I don't know, if it was just my, the, the sort of the general apathy that was whipped up inside me, partly from being dosed up on Lemsips, and partly just because of the standard of rugby <laughs> being played, but. It it was one. It it, comfortingly, it never really felt like Scotland were at any risk of losing that much matches, even sort of as as badly as things were going. Did it feel the same in the stadium, or was it a bit more
2: tense? I'd say it was a bit more tense, just because you know we didn't get any kind of rhythm going at all. Um, You know, Argentina were very much playing at the conditions. We turned up at Murrayfield just after one o'clock and got something to eat, and then the heavens opened, and it was just like oh. The cats at a rave are not going to enjoy this one. Um, so, yeah, I, mean, I would say I was I was a bit nervous, particularly when they started making breaks. Over um, the, the last t- 10 minutes, they got a couple of good line breaks and they needed some real scramble defence. Uh, but we did manage to, to grind that one out, whereas previously we'd probably lost that kind of match. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, the, sec- the second half was, was a lot better. I think it started... Uh, you probably know better than me, but I mean, it's sort of is, the rain. The rain went off around about half time, didn't it? Uh, yes, yeah, it did, but you know, it was still a very, very greasy surface, mm-hmm. very greasy ball. Um,
2: so it was, you know, there was quite a few knock-ons. Johnny Gray, I think, maybe had two or three when he was trying to charge onto the ball. Uh, so it was definitely not one for the purists. I've not bothered to watch it again. <laughs> Even though we we were right down the front row, so there's probably a good few times that my my coupon will be visible on the telly. Um, but uh, no, it was it was not an overly fun. Um, Eighty minutes of rugby, yeah, particularly not as I was getting dripped on constantly. <laughs> um, one one I... actually managed to find a spot between my glasses and my eye and hit me right in the eye. That was that was particularly enjoyable. That's <laughs> awesome, mad.
0: Precise um, ring, Yeah. I uh, um, I, um, we, we should probably address the cats in the rave in the room um, while we're here. Because um, there was a comment from Robert Ferguson on the blog. It's the first comment that was left, actually, after the, the match report went up. And he said, Hastings had a disaster of a game. Penalties, mispasses and kicks. He was out with his depth and overconfident. And that there's been a lot of people sort of... One saying it, it the, the experiment's over and and the the idea of cat's at a race should never ever darken the doors of Scottish rugby uh, again. Which, given I am we now have t-shirts on sale, is a terrible idea. But um, <laughs> but also I I just like we said the conditions were 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 poor and they were I think they were unexpectedly poor at the weekend because I think that the forecast was to be dry. So I don't I don't think that Townsend would have put out Hastings and Russell at ten and twelve if he'd known it was going to rain. So I don't think we can tell, apart from the fact that defensively, I think aside from Hastings being turned over a couple of times, I don't think defensively they did badly. I don't think it was the game for them to cut loose either. So I I don't know. I, I, think, that, I think we'll see that again, and I suspect we'll probably see it off the bench again at some point during the Six Nations.
2: Yeah, well, a couple of weeks ago. Sorry, Roddy. No, and, um, you go in. Yeah, no. When we were talking about it, I said, you know, the the only times I'd really expect to see it is if you're looking to run up a cricket score, or if you're, you know, if you're down in the last ten, fifteen minutes, and you're really trying to force the issue to get back in the game. Um, yeah, it wasn't in the right conditions for them. Um, actually, one of the comments I picked up on off the player ratings uh, was from left by CSC. Said there are games when Laidlaw would be the right choice, but up against big, fast, aggressive forwards and a referee who tolerates casual offside, G Horn is a better option. Um, I was disappointed not to see Horn get any mm-hmm. any time in the game, especially because him and Hastings linked up so well in the game in uh, Resistencia um, when we took them to the swords. You know, obviously there's been a big coaching mix-up there, change-up there in Argentina, but you know it did feel like a bit of a well, I just felt like a bit of a waste of George Horn's time. Um, you know, even though we did want to see that game out, I would have thought once we'd got the try, maybe five six minutes left, bring Horn on just to you know keep the Argentinians honest with our line, and maybe maybe look for a little bit of magic.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's I think that's a, a good point. I think it's it's that thing of we Laidlaw's very good at closing out games, and but at some point. Horn's going to have to be exposed to that at international level. You can't just keep Laidlaw on the pitch just because games are tight. Because at some point you need someone else to to close those games out in that way. And I suppose, like you, I suppose it was an opportunity to see if Horn could do that.
1: Yeah, um, I, I think um, probably that would be one of the disappointing things about the autumn is that he didn't get more game time because. You know the Six Nations coming up is going to be is going to be brutal, um, and obviously, Greek's going to be the man for that. You think at the moment, um, so when when is Horn going to learn that sort of thing? Because you know, later could pick up an injury, and then that's going to be a big dent in the in the sort of in the leadership thing. And um, but it's it's getting Horn to learn you know learn that learn that control, um, as you say, just. To, just to be able to to um, to close a game out, if that's going to be his role. I mean, obviously, I'm sure in in George's mind, he'd much rather be starting, and you know, put, scoring so many tries that the uh, the game's out of sight by the time that Grieg needs to come on and you know, kick kick penalties or whatever. But um, it's a uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. You actually almost need three scrum halves. You need Ali Price to play the game, and then you you depending on if it's tight or if you want to score tries, you bring on Greg or George Horn off the bench, but unfortunately, uh, it's not an option.
0: Oh well unless you see Laidlaw as a substitute ten.
1: Yeah, that's possible just to <laughs> just to cover your uh and play Finn at twelve. Yeah or something. I yeah. 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 I mean I think the the thing the cat's in the rave thing, um, let's not forget, you know, Tooney's like uh he's like I don't know, the Howard Mark's character in that movie with the the Danny Dyer was in. Um, the name is, name escapes me. Human traffic from from the like, human, traffic. human traffic, yeah. But you know something like that. He's like, two is like he's like an old raver, who who had it large back in the day, and still you know, deep down he you know he's not in the, he's not he's too old to do it now. But you know he likes a rave, so it's, if if he gets a chance, he's he's probably going to try it again at some point.
0: Yeah, uh, I like I think someone on the blog I can't remember who it was suggested uh, rustings as a rustings. as a. Um, An alternative to Cater Rave, which is quite good. I mean, I could see it getting a run out against um, probably Italy off the bench and maybe France. I doubt you will use it against Ireland, Wales or England, just because I don't think those are games that you want to be trying that without being absolutely sure that it's an option.
1: Yeah, I think it's... um... I think it's yeah. It's like a. It's like the. It's the fire alarm. It's break glass in case of emergency. But I can't see it being a sort of starting, starting ploy in in too many games.
0: Yeah. Um, anything else? I mean, the the one thing I would say about the Argentina game is as much as everyone. Well, there's a lot of people quite down about it and, and thought Scotland should have done better. I mean, Argentina's um, tackle both teams tackle completion rates were well Scotland were 91% and Argentina were 90%, which is those are high. Completion mm. rates for for an international game of rugby, so I think that probably goes some way to showing just how how tough both defenses were. Which I mean, it's probably indicative of the you know it was one for the purists, wasn't it? But you can't if if uh, if you've got a team that are completing ninety percent of the tackles, it's you're gonna find it tough to find a way through.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we you know we've got well well established uh, problems with with busting holes in defensive lines anyway. Um, so yeah, yeah, a team team making that many tackles. I mean, the Scotland defence was pretty pretty high. I think um, Richie Watson and Gray were all up pretty close to twenty tackles with none missed. So um, yeah. you know, both sides were were pretty on top of e- on top of each other. And uh, as Ian said, the ball was pretty slippery. There was, I mean, there were so many knock ons in the first half, which is odd actually because I was when I was going back through trying to do the player ratings sort of off off the top of my head, and um, I was thinking, didn't see much. Scrummaging, but there must have been loads of scrums because there they was. might have on, so. I can tell so, you
0: there were. hang on, if I'm a bit here. Um, there were well, Scotland won seven out of eight of their scrums, and Argentina won four of four.
1: Yeah, so there were plenty of scrums, but uh, they obviously weren't that contentious, or or they would have stuck in the stuck in the mind a bit more. So, yeah, I think the only one we lost was at the end when it gifted. Yeah. Argentina three points, wasn't it? That was just yeah, that
0: when Nell yes. just, Nel just came on the pitch, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't,
1: yeah far. I mean, actually, Nel, if you look at Nell's tackle stats, he put in a ridiculous amount of work in defence. By the time he was on the pitch, he made about as many tackles as um, somebody else, like Josh Strauss or something. It was, in, 12, was it 12, in, in ta- half
0: the time. 12 tackles yeah. or something he made? And then, yeah, what, yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, Hamish Watson made 20 out of 20, Johnny Gray 19 out of 19, and Richie 18 out of 18. I think Stephen Hancock... Um, I commented on the blog and on Twitter to say that they could sec- successfully tackle Brexit. Um, yeah. <laughs> I guess. I guess the test is going to be whether or not they can uh, sort the Irish backstop out coming mm. coming Six Nations. Um. Are we. I mean, is there any anything more that can be said about the Argentina game before we sort of take a look at the whole autumn? Yeah, no,
1: they won it. It's fine.
0: They won it. That's fine. Good. Yeah, um will do. In terms of the, I mean, in terms of the autumn, then Ian, we, when we did our preview. Podcast. We all said that Scott to, to to consider it a good autumn. Scotland had to come away with three wins out of four, and we got two from four. Is was that a good autumn for Scotland?
2: I think it's just really thrown up more questions than answers. Um, it compared to last autumn, it certainly feels like a step back. Even though from that we uh, you know we won two out of three, but against Samoa we were. You know, very shaky in defence. The game we lost was obviously that All Blacks game. We were we were so close, and then we absolutely hammered Australia. Um, South Africa have been on the rise, so to lose to them by such a narrow margin was kind of maybe akin to the the All Blacks game. But then I think because because we expect so much flair from Scotland, the Argentina are sneaking. Um, it, it does feel like a bit of a disappointment overall. Uh Wales have been in terrific form. Um you know their defence is miserly. I think on average now over the last year they've only conceded 13 points a game. So they're always in with a chance of winning a game. Um I, I'm not I'm not really sure if I see it as a success in total. Uh we've seen a few guys breaking through, Jamie Ritchie for example, but then I think the front row still needs sorted out. We still need to find out who our best lock pairing is. Um, I would maybe have liked to see some other guys tried out in the back row in that Argentina game because we know exactly what Watson brings. Um, I would maybe have shifted Richie to seven, given someone like Ash or Matt Fagerson a go at six. Um, or Gary Graham. Or Gary, yeah, absolutely, Gary Graham. Never even, you know, after all the the brouhaha about what teams he's going to play for, um, didn't even make the squad. Um, so yeah, I think there's there's a lot of questions uh, rather than answers to come from the autumn.
0: Yeah, well, I asked you you both to do that, and we said what we'll do is we rather than five things we've learnt, we'll do sort of a couple of things each. One thing that we don't know or haven't answered, and one thing that we've answered. So, do you want to, what 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 do you think then? Is a big thing that that's un, unanswered after the autumn? Um,
2: what is our best type five combo? Um, because I'm. Not convinced that Nell is the... I mean, if you'd said three years ago, who's your starting tight head, Nell would be a definite answer. Now, I'm not so sure. Um, you know, Xander has been coming on leaps and bounds. Obviously, he's injured right now. He might even miss Six Nations. But Nell gave away quite a few... You know, we always thought his scrimmaging game was, you know, just basically world-class. But he's gave away a few penalties at scrums this time. Um Bergen I think, offers a bit more around the pitch, but then also he's got his scrummaging on the knees technique, which <laughs> the refs might look down on. Um, so, I think the big question
1: for me is, what is the type five? What's the best type five? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a pretty, pretty good point. It's interesting because Nell actually he looks a lot fitter than he than he has, and you just want and he certainly he's putting in a lot more effort around the park, which is clearly something he's been sort of asked to work on uh, in terms of the defence and, and even ball carrying. Um, so I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe that's had a, a knock-on effect on his, his scrummaging.
0: Yeah, I mean, we were saying last last autumn, didn't we? Went into last autumn saying we don't have any depth at all in the front row, and then we came out of that autumn saying we've got loads now. Um, and I suppose we at loose should, head, at loose head. Yeah, I mean, we. <laughs> st- <laughs> I suppose. Um. Yeah, I suppose you know, Daryl Marfo aside, it is. Uh, yeah, it is hard to sort of say that that anyone's nailed. Nailed on. Apart from maybe Johnny Gray, in the second row. probably. But then the, I mean, the, one of the questions I had was, what's the best second row combination outside? You know, super, talking about the Type Five is who partners Johnny Gray effectively.
1: Yeah, um, I think in an ideal world it would probably be Richie Gray, wouldn't it? But, yeah. Um, I think it, I think it would be worth taking another look at, at Sam Skinner in the second role. Um, he was he was a pretty good find, I think. Um, but again, it was one of these things we all thought that about. Uh, I'm not suggesting that he's the he's the Daryl Marfo because it's difficult to see um, <laughs> Sam Skinner going back to play for for a mere Seconds, and you know he's playing in a he's playing in a top pack at the moment. And uh, I think we'll see him again in the in the spring. But uh, yeah, I think he's probably he's probably a, a second row. I guess the the thing playing him at six, trying him at six, is another. is trying to find the you know Tim Swinson because he, he's he's a bit younger and a bit stronger than than Swinson, but um, Swinson is you know, not one of these old Tooney favorites, he knows what he, he'll bring and he's, he's got that versatility. But I think if Skinner was you know, if, if Skinner was has a good six nations, um, then he'd probably fill that, that role as kind of extra back row cover, yeah. going into the uh, going into the, the World Cup,
0: yeah, because Gil, Gil, Kristen, Toulouse haven't really, I don't think, feel like either they've both. Had the moments in the autumn, but I don't really feel like either of them have particularly stuck their hand up or or nailed down that that shirt next to Gray.
2: Yeah, I have to say I was particularly disappointed with Toulis. um Yeah, you know, I've always preferred sort of Gilchrist um, beside Gray, but just Tulus doesn't seem to get involved enough. Um, and I think as well, when you guys were on last week, you noticed that him and Ryan Wilson were kind of ambling back to to the uh, defensive line against South Africa. You know, apart from his quality line at work, he just doesn't seem to offer a great deal extra. Um, You know, the only other kind of guys we might be looking at there are um, Scott Cummings. Rob Harley's actually in great form for Glasgow, but, you know, is is he an international class lock? You know, people say he's too wee, but... um, And also, you've got Lewis Carmichael at Edinburgh, but is he going to be getting enough game time if he's behind Gilchrist and Toulouse? So... We do have a lot of questions about who, if Richie Gray is going to be injured, um, who is going to partner Johnny, because I think Johnny is pretty much nailed on, even though we've seen a lot of people on the blog in particular uh, sort of criticising his input. I think
0: there's there's an interest, it was a question that I think a few people have put on the blog, and um, not the Alan Shearer, but a a man called Alan Shearer um, sent us a tweet um, in response to sort of our general. I can't remember what I was talking about. I think it was just a general sort of shout-out for talking points for the podcast. And he was asking how Johnny Gray's carry stats compare to other locks. And it's quite interesting. If you, I mean, if you compare... So I just very quickly looked at... So, um, the weekend, Gray made six carries for four metres. Gilchrist, four carries, and made no metres at all. Although Gilchrist does tend to offload um, more. Um, but if you compare it to Alwyn Jones at the weekend, five carries and 11 metres and maro you five metres and five carries and Laws seven carries and 10 metres. He's not I mean, Gray's there or thereabouts. I mean, maybe we we're a bit too harsh on him just because.
1: You know. Yeah, I think it's, it's one of these, it's one of these things. It's actually a, a, one of the comments I picked out to, you know, as a kind of broad autumn thing was another one from Marpal CSC who'd said there were two essentials when you before the world cup, at least one big ball carrier and it's not Johnny gray. Um, I think it's because we're kind of fixated on this. We don't have a ball carrier. There's nobody really punching holes, and we because Johnny Gray is like one of the biggest lads on the team. We're just expecting that from him, but maybe that's not part. Of, maybe that's not part of his game. I mean, we've seen he's a, a tackle machine. Maybe the marshalling the defense is is for him, and uh, you know it's so for other guys like say the hookers. They're usually quite big ball carriers in Scott team. Yeah, and I but, think um, that, they, are, they that, are still missing. Uh, yeah,
0: and that that surprised me. I think that it's not. He's not um you know he's carrying as much and for as far as generally other locks are in the other for other nations i mean that's a snapshot, yeah. and the opposition's different but he's not he's not that far behind i think like you said it's just we we're, we're expecting him to do something that he's not being asked to do
1: yeah could be could be
0: um rory what what have you got then as your sort of unanswered question
1: um well, i guess um've probably got probably got two one is one is obviously um you know coming from coming from that comment actually the um the two are is kind of who's what is the the ball carrying solution for scotland how how do we punch holes in teams where we're, we're trying to go sort of reasonably narrow um and it i guess it it's probably it's two parts of the two yin and yang or whatever how do we get quicker ball from the breakdown um so i think it not only um do we not know who the the best type five are, we don't really know who the best back three are, best back row. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so, I mean, there's big question marks right the way through the pack, I think. Um, the only, the only thing we I would say we're pretty much sure of other than Johnny Gray's in there somewhere is that uh, it'll be McAnally or Brown and the other one will be on the bench. Yeah. Um, that's probably one of the reassuring features that the forwards we've got. Um, I would guess Hamish Watson's going to be in there, but he's, He's more kind of um, attacking the breakdown rather than defending it. Um, I mean, it, it's hard when you look at you look at the position these guys have to put their like their back and their neck into in order to try and protect the ball at the breakdown when they're you know when when they're protecting the, you know the ball carrier or whatever and they're not allowed to seal it off. And you're basically exposing your spine to a six foot six, you know ridiculously heavy south african irishman uh, new zealand or whatever i mean you look at the way these guys now go in and clear out the breakdown um basically they're they're diving like they're diving into a swimming pool onto your spine uh, and it must be you know the forces they must be must be taking are uh, are ridiculous so to try and stop that and and, and you know, prevent these guys from getting on top of your ball and slowing it down so that Scotland can play with a quick ball that we need. Um, I'm not sure what what the answer is, unless there's a way of just stopping the ball from getting in the ruck. Yeah. At all. Um, maybe going back to the offloading game. Because I think that, interestingly, the, the offloading game, I mean, when, when Vern came in and he talked about speaking to Jim Telfer and trying to identify the Scottish style, it was kind of fast rucking and offloading were sort of mentioned in the same kind of sentence almost. And... I think we haven't re. Toonie maybe has different ideas. I mean, he obviously he wants to play fast, but whether it's fast rocking or it's just fast in general. Um, I mean, wh- again, we saw that with the you know when the when he unveiled his uh, unveiled his prototype and suddenly they were taking line outs ridiculously quickly. Um, that seems to have slowed down as well. So I don't know whether they've decided that that's too too risky or they're maybe just saving it for saving it for the World Cup so that everyone forgets that they can play like that and then they're just going to unveil it like a rabbit out of a hat and say haha we, we can't actually play this fast we've just been fooling you for a year yeah. drop, it up. Yeah. Yeah, drop it up
0: I think you're right I mean, I, think you're right. I was thinking about this, I was listening to Blood and Mud today and I think there's there's two schools of thought I would say in world rugby in terms of the way that you, you, you have your team, Um, if you simplify it you either go with the Scotland approach of playing quick fast rugby or you just sort of breed huge blokes who'll just bully and, and beat the opposition at submission. I don't I think when, when we're up against a Fiji or even in Australia to a certain extent, we're fine because we could we get the quick ball from the Ruck and because they're try they those teams are trying to play the same and I think that's probably why we did quite well against the All Blacks last year as well, because the, the All Blacks are looking for quick ball as well. So when you've got two teams looking to recycle the ball quickly then you don't get sucked into that deadening sort of Battle yeah, think, of, uh, uh, and suffocating games. I don't think we've worked out, and I think that's one thing the autumn's taught us is we don't we haven't worked out how to beat a South Africa or even an Argentina who will just absolutely slow us down at the ruck and mm. try and counter ruck and 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 will be successful in winning ball back. And I don't know yeah. that we've we've worked that out, even though we beat England at that game mm-hmm. in the Six Nations. I mean,
1: it, yeah, it's tricky because we're probably the only team, or the only. I mean, Tenz is probably the only coach. In world rugby, he's come out and basically told everyone how he wants to play. Um, most of them you can you can guess by looking at them, but he's actually said we want to play fast. So slowing the ball down is the most obvious thing for a defence to do against us. And yeah, we don't seem to have uh, we don't seem to have sussed out how how we can uh, how we can we can change that. But I think some of it comes down to referee as well. Um, if you you know Nigel Owens likes the likes the ball quickly and he doesn't he doesn't sort of. He doesn't stand for for people slowing it down too much. So actually, um, you know, he was the referee in the All Blacks game. I think so. It was kind of everyone was on the same page. Um, we don't seem to get on so well with French referees who maybe have a slightly different idea of what should be allowed or what's what's possible.
0: Well, that was the thing, wasn't it, in the Calcutta Cup match? Barkley said afterwards that they they weren't expecting Nigel Owens to give them as long as he gave them to compete for the ball. So they completely changed the way. Their game plan during the game to adapt yeah. to that, and I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I think I think in terms of the back row, you, uh, Barkley and Watson, I think will start. It's 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 the, and it's great to have Richie as a you know Richie's there as def as a definite option now, probably on the bench. It's it's what you do at eight if you have say Barkley at six and Watson at seven. Is who's who's your eight, and we haven't seen blade thompson play so we don't know if he's the answer yet but i, I don't think the answer is ryan wilson
1: or yeah i i would agree with that
2: yeah i think wilson you know he's he's not your Well, i remember the first article i ever wrote for for the blog for you guys was about how the balance of the back row was you know it was quite easy to pick the type five at that point because you'd probably just go with the edinburgh edinburgh lot in the front row then the grey boys but then the back back row, it's like well you we need to find a good blend of speed and hardness. Um and we still don't know who the best number eight is and I like I, said, I, I agree with you guys, I don't think it is Wilson. Um it would be nice to see Thompson. Even then so yeah, he's just a sort of he'd be a roll of the dice if we were to play him in a in a big match. Um extra to actually see Sam Skinner as an eight. Uh which I found interesting. But that's a thought, yeah. Yeah, um, you know, like I said, well, Ash has been playing brilliantly, but he's usually been playing at six with Fagerson at eight. It's I don't know. I think it's at Bradbury as well. Denton, there's
1: there's all
2: these, there's all these potentials, but we don't really know who the the answer is.
0: I think that I think that's it. We've got you could say we've got depth at the back row, but we haven't we haven't got depth where we need it. I think that's it. It's there's still. You've got lots of guys that can compete at the breakdown, you've got lots of guys that'll tackle all day, but you haven't necessarily got people that'll break the gain line again and again with ball in hand. I mean Strauss did very well against Fiji, I thought, and did all right against South Africa and kind of faded a bit by the time it came to Argentina and he's he's on record as saying that Townsend had said you're not coming back in the team until you you know, can show you can get around the park a bit more and you're hitting your you mixing. Yeah. He's the and and I'm not necessarily sure that at the end of the autumn, I think after the Fiji game, I think everyone's like, well, that's you know he's back and this is great. To, this is the Josh Strauss you know people at Glasgow knew, but I'm not necessarily sure that that by the end of the autumn that he's answered the concerns that, that, that Townsend had about him.
1: Yeah, I mean this is there was an interesting comment on the uh, on the on the uh, match report by, Angerine. I'm going to go for Angerine as in tangerine um and he was he was talking, um, He said uh yeah he said there's this stat going around that you need 40 caps to feel truly comfortable at test level and scotland had four active players in the squad Laidlaw, law hog johnny gray and tommy seymour who could boast that number uh for comparison ireland have got had 11 wales at 10 england at nine um this is what happens when you more uh, write off a generation of players and start over with a fresh young team um and then he goes on to talk about Ireland, but I don't we don't want to talk about Ireland. No. Um but yeah, it's a it's a um, it's a pretty pretty valid point. We've got um those you know, Laidlaw law three, three out of those guys are in the in the backs. Um you look so you're talking Johnny Gray in the pack, who's still incredibly young for a guy with forty caps. Um we've got you know, all these names that, that you guys mentioned a minute ago. It's a lot of, um, I guess, breadth almost, but is it, but is it depth? Because they're all slightly untested quantities. We, know, I mean, we know, we know about Watson, we know about Barkley, obviously, who would come back into the equation, um, and he must, you know, he must have more than that. He must be about the forty cap level. Um, so the, there, there are a couple of guys, but the rest of them, you know, Blake Thompson's got zero caps, Gary Graham's got zero caps. Um, you know, we're talking about uh, a lot of guys who are not going to get to 40 caps before the World Cup this time, you know, no, next
0: year. But, but I think on the other hand, I'm just having a quick look now and of the, I'm looking at the initial 31-man squad that was announced by Scotland in 2015 and of the 31 players, there are still 21 that could potentially be called up for Scotland. Mm-hmm. So I'm not necessarily sure that the number of caps matters so much as the experiences you've been through. And we might touch on this, I think, in a minute if we, if we talk about centre options which we were sort of having on our group chat we were having a brief discussion about before we came on but you know the of, of the there are still 21 players out of that 31 squad that are still on the fringes or playing regularly for Scotland. yeah i
1: mean likes of denton to come back in he's he's got 42 caps
0: um got hardy who only had i mean john hardy only had two caps when he was called up but you know hit the ground running um and if you're not, you know, I think you can't discount the fact you can't discount the fact that players like Jamie Ritchie are going to come along between World Cup cycles, and you can't yeah. just say, "Well, you've not got 40 caps, so you're not." So you're not in the team. Yeah. You've got to wait until after the World Cup for, before you get your chance. Which I think no, is I'll what that, that's fair, kind of what yeah. the summer, which is kind of what the summer was about, wasn't it? It was sort of a, a last-minute look. These are the, the. It was a chance for the players that have come through very late in the World Cup cycle to sort of stake the claim and show that they're good enough going into the last year
1: mm. Yeah I mean it's interesting looking at uh, looking at actually looking at the list, Finn Russell Ryan Wilson um, Sean Maitland, they're all on sort of high high 30s, Pete Horn in terms of caps, so actually by the time the World Cup rolls around there will be quite a lot of guys who've got 40 caps in the, in the Scotland squad, Matt Scott might, might get one or two more as well, he's potentially still to come back into the reckoning
0: yeah, um, we had one, um, we had a couple of things that people had got in touch with Hands in the Rock on Twitter um, that I've pulled in now because it's sort of Hands in the Rock linked to what we're talking about. Um, and one which might lead into sort of a chat about centres is uh, D Clark on Twitter said, his Hands in the Rock is people constantly um, pooping. He didn't say pooping, but I'll, I'll replace mm-hmm. it. Pooping on Pete Horn. When he's playing inside centre, he's a fantastic second playmaker and defensively solid. But if you listen to some people, he's basically a, worse Phil Godman, I just don't get the hate. Um I was kind of I nearly put something on Twitter actually, when people were sort of going on about oh look um you know Scotland have a have a set uh, you know Townsend wants to play with a second playmaker I was kinda of like well that, that's that's what he's been doing all along with Pete Horn, surely. Yeah. Um and Yeah. So just, just shifting Finn Russell out there it changes personnel but I don't think it necessarily changes Scotland's game plan. And No. We we said we've said over the autumn. Pete, you know, Pete Horn is is not a bad player, and um, he gets a lot of stick um, undeservedly, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought he had a pretty good game against South Africa. Um, I mean, you, you, putting a sort of bish bash bosh merchant at twelve doesn't seem to work because every time Dunbar plays there, he doesn't get any ball because the plan is to get it wider. So if it does go through twelve, it gets shifted on pretty quickly. Um, to you know, to get out to Hugh Jones or Stuart Hogg in the wide channels. Yeah, so I mean, it, it,
0: um, it's I interesting that I, I had a look on Rugby Pass, who, who've started collecting lots of information about players. Um, if you compare Pete Horn to Warren Farrell um, for over 2018, and this is Rugby Pass's information, both of them played predominantly at 12. Is um, Owen, Pete Horn has completed eighty-seven percent of his tackles in 2018 for Scotland, and Owen Farrell has completed seventy-one percent. And um, Pete Horn has made on average seven point two meters um, per carry, uh, whereas Owen Farrell makes nine point five meters. So he's not—I don't—I I think goal kick, put goal kick, kicking to one side. Although actually, their kicking accuracy is roughly the same, but but Farrell makes more has has attempted more kicks. I don't. There's not. I, I, Pete horn is a much better player than we give him credit for i think or people give him credit for when you start comparing yeah, to other 12s
1: yeah i would agree with that i mean owen farrell is obviously the um the most overrated player in the world according to somebody that blew my mentions up yesterday <laughs> after a uh, uh, shout out to alan Begg. thank you alan um yeah, on he, he commented on uh, Graham Love's video The Shoulder Boy or whatever it was. Um and uh yeah, and suddenly I had large arguments about um, Greg stealing a living and things. <laughs> sni- sniping back and forth as you do as you do on Twitter. But uh yeah, he's managed to wind quite a few people up by suggesting that Owen Farrell would only get in the team behind Finn Adam and Donkey Weir. So and Pete Horn um, and Pete Horn. So um well, if
0: you've got Laidlaw there kicking, you don't need Farrell, do you?
1: Well, exactly. Um, but oh. yeah, I think yeah, Pete, Pete Horn um, definitely is. Uh, he comes in for a lot of stick. But then, I think it's it's probably another one of these things like Laidlaw. Maybe it's you don't. all... I mean, maybe more so than Laidlaw. I think you, you touched on it um, last week, Cammy, um, that you know Pete Horn probably does a little bit more off the ball than than we give him credit for and that we see and. uh yeah, I think if he was that bad, you know, the 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 players clearly enjoy playing alongside him and the coaches keep picking him. So And, and the coaches speak that, highly
0: of him as well. I mean yeah. Townsend came off after Fiji and said he's Scotland's hardest working player and Dave Rennie says he absolutely trusts him and what is one of the you know, most intelligent players he's worked with.
1: Yeah, I think he went quite good he went went quite well at ten for Glasgow on the weekend as well, did you not, Ian? Was that well, did I
2: Yeah, he was he was very, very good. Um uh he's like one of my main criticisms that has been of Horn is when he's playing at 10 is uh, I don't think he's kicking from hand games up to scratch um, but he was using the ball very intelligently you know as a distributor he's very good and that's why Tony so trusts him at 12 um, and also I think mean, Finn Russell uh, I think it was maybe last year he was saying about how much he enjoys playing with Pete Horn outside him because Horn just gives him information he's like look this is on this is on because um, Horn is a very like you know like Tony said he's a and Rennie, he's a very very intelligent player. Um, he's maybe you know if for playing at ten he's maybe not got just that quick natural instinct of right here's my choice made bang that's happening. Maybe he needs somebody outside him to give him that info. But no, he's playing very well at twelve. Uh, sorry, at ten on Friday. Admittedly, Cardiff weren't terrific opposition, but maybe that's just because we made them look so bad. Because um, the first half was just an absolute blitz. Uh, there's some absolutely fantastic tries in there. The one by Gibbons is is absolutely fantastic. Stafford McDowell, he looks like a real prospect. Um, I've described Jackson's offload to Greg as pornographic because it's <laughs> filthy. Um, and Greg's having Greg's having a really good season as well. Um, so there's there's more options chucked into that centre.
0: So I mean, we we talk about the centre. I mean, Rory, were you going to rate this? Was something you raised in our group chat about the the, the, the Scotland's options at centre going at the World Cup?
1: yeah um i mean i've just actually just to to re-digress slightly i have just pulled up that rugby rugby pass index thing which i re- recommend having a look at it's uh it's uh, quite interesting there um and inspired the the rejigging of the player ratings a little bit but you can guess who the highest ranked um inside center in the world is
0: who is it is it
1: p horn it's p horn there we go. I, if, I, if i'm reading this right it's uh it seems to be, yeah, he's he's top of the. Well, he's equal with Manonu.
0: Well, there you go. Is well, he, as 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 he, stop, as he, he should playing? be. Um, he yeah, he's gone back to yes, in France. No, no, he's moved back. Was oh, he? Yeah, he he oh. uh, for um for family reasons, but yeah, you're right. World number one inside centre rankings, uh, internationally in the world, in the Six Nations, in the Heineken Champions Cup, and in the Pro Fourteen. In everything. Globally. In everything. There you go. <laughs> Best in the world. So uh, that's
1: I think pretty much that that's it. Put to bed. We can we can stop there you the go. boy now. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah so centre centre chat. Well, I mean, it was um, it was following on from uh, a piece we were working up just a kind of autumn review and um, looking at the World Cup squad and stuff and trying to pick uh, trying to pick pick the you know the groups of players going and actually uh, the centres three three of the, three out of the four centres are pretty easy to pick: um, Dunbar, Horn, and uh, Hugh Jones. But actually, picking the, the picking a fourth one uh, was pretty difficult. So we were uh, we were having a wee chat about that. Um, so is that with two designated standoffs? Yeah, yeah, yeah i right, uh, three. Yeah, I mean it's, it's kind of based on based on the autumn. It's, it's a sort of mishmash between what I think and what Tooney thinks. But mostly, it's based on what he was actually picked. So in the end, the fourth centre that I kind of had to go with was Chris Harris because he was the one that, that got picked and the one that's versatile. Um, which I'm sure wasn't even an option on your on your your poll that you wrote. It wasn't.
0: But the, a ran, result... a ran, I ran out of options. Um, yeah, only
1: the results
2: of that were quite interesting. Yeah, it's very evenly split. And also, that's not we've not had the chance to see Sam Johnson, who I think mm-hmm. in the last two years at Glasgow was the most improved player. I very nearly voted for him as player of the season last year. I ended up going with Calum Gibbons. Um, George Horne won it, so that shows what I know. <laughs> <laughs> But, no, Sam Johnson really has. He's, he's just got an excellent all-round skill set. You know, he's he's hard on the tackle. He runs good lines. His distribution's good. He can even kick reasonably well, you know, if he's forced into doing that. Um, you know, he's he's one that I would really like to have seen um, playing for Scotland at some point during the during the autumn test there. But, you know, such is life, especially yeah. for Sam Johnson. Yeah,
0: and, so, and, and then... Um... And Duncan Taylor geez. and Lang as well, <laughs> James Lang as well, who got yep. in- he got injured pretty early on, didn't he in the um, in the autumn? But the the yeah, I
1: mean he's back. He's back playing now. He was on. I saw him. He was kicking kicking goals for uh, for Quinn's the other the other day, the other week there. Yeah, that at ten or is it twelve? I think he's mostly coming off the bench, so I'm not sure where he's coming off the bench too. But I
0: mean, the pool we ran, we 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 said Bennett, Scott, Grig or Lang, um, just to pick four, and Bennett edged it. Uh, we've got I mean we got 135 votes so it's not uh it wasn't a small sample now. so Bennett edged it with 34% then Scott 32 and Greg on 32 and Scott you know James Lang not Scott Lang that's Ant-Man um James Lang got 2%. Um I mean I think I was thinking about it I think Bennett's probably in terms of if he's fit in terms of versatility Mm-hmm. And in terms of experience, because he's played not only in a World Cup quarterfinal and scored a try in a World Cup quarterfinal, but he's he's played in an olymp he's in a, you know an Olympic silver medalist. And if you're looking for that sort of experience of playing in high pressure games at a tournament, then I think Bennett, I would pick Bennett over yeah, the others. Yeah, I would.
1: I would. I would agree. If if Bennett, I mean, if Bennett and Taylor are fit, I think they go ahead of Chris Harris. I, or I would. I would hope Bennett would go ahead of Chris Harris but I mean Tooney hasn't obviously Tooney let Bennett go from Glasgow didn't he and he hasn't he hasn't really featured but then he hasn't really been fit no. um since Tyson took over um I, I, yeah I, everyone's praying for praying for dunk super dunk to, yeah. to come back and to be the to be the player that he was um I think he's if if he is then he'd be he'd be in the team without a shadow of a doubt um yeah. or I he'd mean, be in the squad anyway
0: in the pool, in the pool, I did allow for the fact that he would be named as a wing or fullback, um, in that sort of role with the potential of so just. So that's why that's how I got round not putting him in the pool.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. I'm. Yeah. I, I don't have, don't have that luxury. Although I did, um, I did notice that in the in the piece that uh, that Gav put together, back in uh, back in July, he went for an eighteen thirteen split, whereas I've gone for a seventeen fourteen split to give me an extra. Extra winger because I was in danger of having to only take three wings, and that was getting worrying.
0: <laughs> um, speaking of wingers, Bruce McConachie got in touch to say that um, he feels that Sean Maitland's underappreciated, and I think he's quiet. I mean, as, as Bruce said, he's probably quietly been Scotland's player of the autumn tests.
1: Yeah, hard to uh, hard to disagree with that. He certainly he was he was really good against Argentina. Took his try well. Um, yeah, he's another he's another guy like Hardin. Maybe it does a lot of. He does a lot of unseen defensive work. He's actually a really good defensive uh, defensive winger, in in my opinion. I'm sure somebody will point out his horrible miss tackle rate or something that will uh, go against my kind of uh, impression that I've got of him. But um, yeah, he's uh, he he was definitely in the running for man of the match the other day, and he's got a pretty good uh, scoring rate at Murrayfield of late.
0: Yeah, um, I'm just looking on on Rugby Pass. Um, he's he's the uh, 20, 15th best international winger uh, in the world. Uh, his tackle completion rate is 79 percent for Scotland this year. Rory, what he percent?
1: Sorry, 79
0: percent for his tackle completion.
1: Yeah. So, it's not not amazing, it's not but... great, but I think he has missed his consistency. He's
2: I think he's a, a you know very underrated player. Um, at one point during the, the game, because I was sitting cl- so close to the front. Uh, Argentina got a break down the left, and you could hear him bellowing at Richie, "Hold him, hold him!" Richie went charging up, and then you could just see Maitland. oh, for God's sake, now I need to go and hit him. Um, <laughs> no, he's uh, no, he's you know he's such a good reader of the game. He's he's a very good finisher. I he's not the biggest or the fastest, or d- doesn't seem to be the fastest. But you know, I think undoubtedly our first. You know, if you were asking me to pick a, a fifteen. Um, my two wingers would be Seymour and Maitland all day long. But I would was... have Kinkhorn on the bench, but
0: yeah, I mean, but... I think the probably the backs are fairly. Set. You would think Townsend's choice of backs is fairly obvious of being what Laidlaw, Russell, Maitland, Horn, Jones, Seymour, and Hogg I don't think there's there's any there's anybody there that you'd say that 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 that, that I think if everyone's fit, that two Townsend's going to choose as his first choice.
2: There's no outstanding other candidates, I would say. Um, there seems to Wait, be a lot of love for Darcy Graham on the blog, but you know he's yeah. not
1: been tested at that, that high level yet. Um, yeah, I mean he's going to have to he's going to have to work incredibly hard to get enough experience in the Six Nations to justify taking him in as a World Cup pick. I think. I mean, it's it's interesting what uh, what Ian was saying there about Sam Johnson, because of the way Scotland play is even as even as late as the spring is that too late to be introducing a new element into the back line i mean you can you can kind of introduce a new element to the pack because they kind of stick quite closely together but if you think about the attacking moves and the structures that that they're gonna i mean yes townsend wants the guys to play heads-up rugby which you know anyone who's capable of that could fit in and play heads up rugby but in terms of in terms of attacking moves and getting that instinctive thing you know like the like seymour and hog have with each other where they you know they almost know what the other's going to do, or like like Horn has with it seems to be developing with Hastings. Um, is is there time to get to get that in, or are we looking at yet? Yeah, as Cami says, that's basically the backline for the World Cup sorted, and you don't really want to introduce too many new elements into it if you can help it.
2: Well, CNC will be playing with um, Jones outside them. Uh,
1: yeah, that's so they're, that's they're true. going to have
2: a fair bit of familiarity, and Hastings is going to be at ten. Um, at Glasgow, obviously, you know it's Finn Russell's going to be the yeah. first choice ten. Um, but they've they've played together a few times as well. Yeah, um, I suppose
1: that's, I, that's a fair point. And I guess Ho- and Hog as well build up that um, build up that understanding. The
0: the only I mean the only thing I had the other thing I had before we move on that the, the big question and just because he's so important to Scotland is you know that's the one thing we haven't answered is and 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 it's a big question for Glasgow next season as well is what. What happens if we lose Stuart Hogg in the run up to the World Cup to an injury? Because King Horn. he
1: has got to be Kinghorn. It's got to be Kinghorn. You
0: know, King but I'm not. Necess- but that doesn't necessarily
1: fill you with wonder.
0: Yeah, not at the minute. Because I mean, he, he's done perfectly fine when he has come on and he's played very well. But I don't. It's. I, I think Hog would be such a huge loss just to the way that Scotland play and counter attack and break defences. That I don't see. There's anybody ready to step up and do what he does.
1: Certainly, certainly not in uh, not in terms of the his kind of role, leadership role within the team. Obviously, King, you know, if if Hogg was to to go, that would be a huge miss. Um, Kinghorn is an instinctive attacker in the same way as Hog is, but he's maybe not quite as uh, maybe not quite as expe- quite as experienced. I mean, that, that's kind of obvious given the number of caps he's had. Um, and defensively, they're probably not that far apart. No, I just say. whether or not.
0: It, I mean, it's. I mean, there's a point that um, they were making on blood and mud this week. Is whether would would Kinghorn have, have seen the the overlap for the try against Argentina? That's I guess that's the question. That's yeah, what Hog brings. That, that you would wonder about Kinghorn, and I'm not sure that any that anybody else that we would have played at fullback would have seen that.
2: Yeah, particularly seen as you know, Hogs Hogg Hulk played when his first Lions tour. He was playing predominantly midweek week as a ten. Yeah. Um, but that thing, like uh, somebody, I think somebody pointed out, there were cheers And uh And yeah, in that Scotland backline against Argentina, there were five guys who have professionally played at number ten. The only one who hadn't was Sean Maitland, because everyone else has played a, a sort of high level match as a number ten. Has. Um,
1: yeah, I'm. I'm off to Google. Has Sean Maitland ever played ten? <laughs> he, he probably could as well.
0: You know, it's one of these things. I don't think his like um, Instagram. I think his Instagram handles Sean Maitland eleven. So normally you can tell by their um yeah. their social media thing, can't you? It's that like, because it's Matt Scott ten because he started off as a fly half, didn't he? Yeah,
1: Johnny Gray fourteen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's just a, it's that wishful thinking, it's an, aspira- yeah, an, an aspirational uh, social media thing.
1: Is it yeah, is it the year or is
2: it the
0: position? Um we'll he move would have
2: the best tackle completion rate of any winger in the world. I can guarantee that. <laughs>
0: um yeah. he'd make the least yards though. Um what, is there any, any more from the autumn then? Are you both shall we shall we move on and consign that to the bin of history for the moment?
1: Um I think that's probably about it. Yeah, um, let's look forward. Yeah, let's the look. only thing I, the only thing only one thing was uh, a comment from Green Gumbos sort of I mean it was a general um let's uh let's be a bit more positive but he did say that the. it's worth pointing out the Fiji result looks even better after um their result against France
0: yeah I mean that's true but I think conversely you could also argue that when they played us they'd been together for like an afternoon yeah whereas by the time they played with France they'd been they played two games and been together a lot longer
2: yeah, I listened to the rugby pod this morning, and uh, it's they had Sam Matavesi on. They said they'd met up before the Scotland game. They'd had three days
1: together, mm-hmm. and yeah, and that was it. Yeah, which is uh, which says a lot about the world rugby, you know, as well. That making making life a bit easier for them would be well, it would be good for them. It probably would <laughs> be good for, for everybody for, else, for, Which,
0: which like us. come, you know, coming into the World Cup is a worry for Australia and Wales. If if they can, if they get more yeah. time in the run-up to the World Cup then. It was interesting. I was reading um, Ben Ryan's book. Uh, I finished reading that. And he was talking about being at the um, Rugby World Cup in 2015 and watching Fiji. And he said basically they had too many they had too many coaches there and too many people. I think it's quite political in Fiji. So it's just too many people interfering with the team. Whereas when he said, from a Fiji point of view, you, you need to strip all that out. And if you just let them play rugby and, and sort themselves out, they're a very good team. The reason they didn't play so well in twenty fifteen is because there were just too many people there trying to tell them what to do. Yeah. So yeah,
1: um, yeah. I think I think they could uh, they could definitely be i I'm not saying they're going to win the World Cup, but they could definitely um, they could definitely affect the outcome with uh, with uh, with some some big results in that group.
0: Yeah. Um. We'll We'll move on then. We'll do. We're going to yeah. do. Uh, let's do. Where's Doogie Donnelly? Because we're we're um, we're approaching the hour mark. Um. Andy Nevin got in touch on Twitter to say he was sitting across from Zinzan Brook on a flight from Gatwick to Edinburgh. So, uh, that's uh, a good spot. Uh, And Sandy Smith, um, saw Ronnie Brown from the Corries at the Scottish pop exhibition at the National Museum. Um, which, um, is not cheap to get into. I went and had a look and then decided against it. It was like 20 pounds just to go and see, I don't know, go and see some, you know, go and see a Corrie's guitar. Um, Dave Clark on Twitter. Now this is the big one, Rude. Do you want to talk to you? I think you might have got more yeah, details yeah. on this. So this is this is our yeah, big. This is an exclusive. <laughs> it's not cool. heard Will anywhere else. Need like a collection or something. If unless anybody, he's,
1: given, unless he's tweeted it to the other lot.
0: Well, no, the other lot aren't, aren't recording this week. I've so so we we definitely oh. definitely got an exclusive here. I'm sure I've got a little definitely box exclusive. of. Have a, oh, listen. Hang on, wait a minute. I've got sound effects. Wait a minute. That's rubbish. <laughs> that, is that? Is that is that's that's nothing. It's just a, that's a car horn. I've right, got a rubbish car horn. i um, oh, got anything else? That doesn't really work either. I <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's that. Is. <laughs> that's animals. Hang on, let me see if I can find something else. Um, weapons, explosions, shouting, bird horn. Oh,
1: I like it. can you get
0: like a boom? Oh, let's see, let's yeah. see what we've got under explosions. Let's get um, to my shoes. No, that's a play. Oh, hang on, we'll go with this. Oh, well, that's it on, yeah, we'll do all that. Are right, ready? Right ready everybody. Just pretend the last few minutes haven't happened. Here we go. Ready? Exclusive.
1: Okay, so um we got to, I'm I'm uh, I'm glad all over to report that Dave Clark has been in touch on Twitter. Um with a, a sighting of uh, Richard Cockerell having a chat with uh, Murray Douglas in an Edinburgh cafe. Uh, Murray Douglas being the um, 29-year-old lock blindside. Currently playing for the Hurricanes, but who uh, was born in Aberdeen, I believe. Um, and yeah, possibly, possibly a signing for Edinburgh next year. Do we think?
0: Possibly, yeah. No, I he, mean, it's he's, uh,
1: born, he's born in Kirkcaldy. Sorry, he went to university in Aberdeen.
0: Did he? Was he the? Did he sort of went across there just and tried his luck? Didn't he? Quite yeah, long and, and um, sort of worked his way up.
1: Yeah, he seems to be. Um, he played he played a bit of provincial rugby in um I think either in uh New Zealand or Australia and then he got uh, he had a couple of seasons with the uh, I think one or two I think he was playing Brumbies? playing Melbourne and then yeah he was he was um he was at the Rebels for a season and then he played the this year he played with the Hurricanes, made seven appearances and he's yeah, he signed for the Brumbies for next season apparently or has he? Certainly the Brumbies seem to think that he's gone. So maybe maybe he's just maybe he's just really good mates with Cockers. Um, maybe quite, it would seem na- an odd it would seem an odd
0: bit. a very odd um yeah, it's seem a very odd odd reason to meet up. It wouldn't seem like a natural pairing would it?
1: Yeah, it would be quite natural for a a young lad from Bowie High School to have come across the head coach of Leicester in his Early years before he before he left for the southern hemisphere.
0: Yeah, so there you go. Um, Richard Cockerell Mur- talking to Murray Douglas in a cafe. Exclusive. Why you know? Exclusive. Um, exclusive. Well, we don't
1: know what they were talking. We don't know what they were talking about. I don't think we don't. Um, but if anybody wants probably...
0: to, if anybody wants to re-report this in a um, in a newspaper in a in a newspaper, then then do let us know. Um yeah, and, and do mean, and do make sure you quote us
1: warmly and uh, affectionately. He did say he did say Murray Douglas spotted in a restaurant with Cocker's, chatting about a potential move for next season. So I am going to hope that that is um, that's that was overheard and not just a guess. Yeah, you never know.
0: Well, you you'd never have, know. You'd have
1: to you would have to ask Dave Clark. He, um, he's on Twitter, but I'll not tweet him out in case the journalists of the world bombard him with nonsense. Yeah. Um, I, Thanks,
0: Dave. Yeah. So that's good. Um, have you got one, Ian? You've got a where's Dugie Donnelly, I believe.
2: Yeah, I have uh, well, at the Scotland South Africa game, before the match, I bumped into Nick Gregg and Rory Lawson, um, was chatting away to them, I, I was maybe a couple of jars down, and then, uh, well, Nick Gregg went in and did some karaoke, and then on Friday, in the Scots and Clubhouse, when I was wearing my, as I've previously discussed on the podcast, my extremely sexy Hurricanes training top, but just starting to fit a bit better now, lost a wee bit of the off the bit of the belly. Um, yeah, Nick Gregg had walked in as well. And so I kind of, he his only escape route, route really was past me. So uh, as he left, I was like, you all right, Nick? And he sort of had this look of recognition and also mm. semi-fear, like, oh my God, this guy's stalking me. I've um, seen you before. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I met you last week. He was like, oh, hey, how's it going? And I was like, yeah, we're in the hurricane stops, Just for you and Cully, mate. Um, no, no, but he's, wait, Nick Gregg, like, you know when you do your arms round a person for the, the photo opportunity, he is carved out a granite. <laughs> that boy is just solid. It's just oh my god, he's he's bloody huge. Um, but he seems like a very nice. He's, he seemed quite nervous when he was doing karaoke. Um, by all accounts, he's a very nice chap. Um, yeah. Drives a smart car. I read last year.
0: Oh well, um, conscious as well. His... It's um, yeah. he looks like if you he he looks like a life size grog. <laughs>
2: He's, he's only one letter away from that. So yeah. true,
0: true. Um, the other, yeah. Hugh Jones also spotted doing karaoke. You were there. It's the up and under. You
2: Yes. Oh, this was absolutely glorious. Um, now, me and uh, Rona had to queue up a wee bit to get into the up and under, um, and you know it was absolutely stowed. So I thought, right, for going to the bar, best get you know a pint for each hand. Um, Hugh Jones came in f- in full kit attire. Full kit, uh, as well, yeah. Full kit, yep. Still, still the sweat dripping off his brow. um belted out Ronan Keatings when you say nothing at all. Um, and then... Very,
0: very confidently as well. I mean, I, I've, yeah. I've seen it, a couple of recordings of it and yeah.
2: Oh, but then then came the, the rapper's delight. Which, <laughs> oh God, uh, I, I just had to scull one of my pints. I was like, there's about half of this left. That's going down the hatch. Get the phone out. <laughs> Shaky video footage. And he absolutely nailed that as well. Um, so I, I tweeted him afterwards just to say, oh, the karaoke king, uh, you know, and I would be, you know, because the rumours have been that he's going to be leaving Glasgow, I said, you know, it'll be, I'd be sad to see you leave the Warriors. Um, you know, do you want me to try and arrange a record contract for you or have a whip round if that will convince you to stay? Within about half an hour, he'd like the tweet. So, <laughs> if Hugh Jones does stay at the Glasgow Warriors, you can all thank me later.
0: Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, liked tweets and linked to this, um, on the back of this, I have i launched a wee Twitter Campaign that got a little bit of support uh, to to reboot twenty four seven Tom Evans' old boy band <laughs> with Hugh Jones starring, um, and that's uh, t- Tom Evans has liked that tweet, so that's on. Um, but what of spiraled out of that is we need off the back of Hugh Jones's uh, performances, we need to start a campaign because we need a World Cup song.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. So you Jones yep. for World Cup. So. Okay. you Jones for
0: World Cup. Well, we've, we've not. I mean, the football team haven't qualified for a World Cup for a while, and it feels like we've not. I mean, the last one we had was Don't Come Home Too Soon by Delamitri which no, is do, that's a terrible point to leave it on. I
2: don't know. La, I quite like a bit of Delamitri in a soft rock style.
0: And it's no. I mean, you know, it's no um, Ali's don't you Army. Dare say, it's right, no. We, say, don't
2: you dare say three lions. No, well, no,
0: no, 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 no. I did, well, I. My, having brought up a child in eight, well two children in England, and after I had to listen to three lions on a shirt repeatedly for my uh, four year old because she decided that she was going to be interested in football, um, I had to pretend to celebrate when England scored as well, such as I'm dad of the year me, oh, um, yeah. but we need to get putting that to work, three lions aside. We need I feel like we need something like we you know I have a dream or something you know a classic song for the world cup that that we can all get behind and get to the top of the charts so that's could it we just we're
1: do one of those things where you take like a really famous song and then just mangle the lyrics with sort of slightly slightly relevant rugby references
0: somebody had a go at this on twitter um when we were when we were talking about it trying to rework um when you say nothing at all into uh, a scottish uh, a scottish <laughs> rugby song so so that uh, yeah that could work uh,
1: it yeah. seems like the combined combined talents of the of the of the readership we we could we could we could come we could up do, with something. You could do the jingles. I could I could do, do I could do the lyrics, and G Love could do the video.
0: Let's let us know in the comments. Drop us. Let us know of suggestions of songs we should do. Let's let, let's right. keep this running. So suggestions Drop, yeah. of songs uh, to use, and li- any lyrics you want to go with that, and we'll try and put some use a hive mind to put something together, uh, and we'll petition the SIU.
2: Have you guys ever heard of a band called The Unwinding Hours? No. They were formed of... Have you heard of Aerogram? Yes. Uh, yeah, yes, I think right. so. Right, so one of them went and uh, started churches, and two of them they'd split off and done the Unwinding Hours, and there's a song they did called Break, uh, which uh, is so worth a listen to. See, now that, that that's the kind of song that would fit perfectly in a montage video. So we could, you know, if we speak to the Unwinding Hours, uh, we could make it Line Break. Oh, that's uh, good, for yeah. example. There we go. Uh, break. There we go, yeah, lovely stuff. um Yeah, no, but you should go and listen to that song afterwards because it's bloody fantastic.
0: Well, we shall do. And so, any suggestions? Let us know, and we'll put something together, and we'll petition the SRU to launch to to yeah. to to get get it with with Hugh. There's plenty of boys that play guitar in the Scotland squad at the minute. So Hugh Jones on vocals, a couple of them on guitar. We can. Sean Maitland plays guitar, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Get Dougie Sh- Vipond on drums. Sh- Sh- we'll be away. Oh, okay. Maitland,
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh... Sean Maitland not do a bit of rapping if I remember from the One of the Lions videos. I think videos. he
0: might do as well. Yes, yeah. so there yeah. you go. Rap, definitely a rap, a rap
1: battle. In... Yeah, I think you've got to have a rap breakdown in the middle. for Definitely, the kids.
0: definitely needs a rap in the middle to make it make it a uh, bit more urban and gritty. Um, no, yes. no,
2: no, grime though. We're not having grime.
0: No, so we're that's having, that's our stopped. criteria. We need it. We need it. We need a rap, a John barnes style rap. Um, for yep. someone to perform um and yeah so so let us know what we should do in the comments section on the blog and we'll we'll, we'll run with this um until um until either we lose interest or we um actually get some sort of organization together and, and start a petition to make it happen um we'll, we'll quickly do hands in the ruck then um we had a couple of shouts for this um derek and matheson um and about 100 others Said their hands in the ruck was Brodie Retallick beating Sean Maitland to try of the year at the World Rugby Awards. Uh, yep. Yes. Yeah. You know we've seen. I mean, it's it, a good try, but it is. But I mean, you know, we've seen Johnny Gray dummy throw a dummy before and score a try at national levels. So it's nothing special. Yeah. Um, and Still, we, we
2: predicted the that. Pass. Yeah. I mean, that Finn Russell pass is just unbelievable.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, Especially
2: when you see the overhead shot, that's just. Phenomenal. It's uh, it's one of the greatest bits of skill, I think, that anyone's ever seen on a rugby pitch. Even yeah. when they were talking about it on the BBC podcast, comparing it to Cipriani's. Even Danny Kerr, I think, was like, yeah, or Hugo Monnier, were like, yeah, it's got to be Finn Russell's. It's yeah. a much more high pressure game.
0: Exactly. And there's loads, uh, you know, the whole team's involved, everyone's offloading left, right, and centre. So, yeah, I think we can yeah. all agree that that, that was a, uh, a wrong fix. A fix of the highest order. Um, Ian, your hands in the ruck.
2: Um, genuinely, I have nothing this week because I'm sick of people moaning all the time. So I don't that's your to hands. Your hands on the ruckus is
0: people. I think I, I, put a, a wee uh, dig on the Scottish rugby forum this week? because I was fed up with people moaning <laughs> yes. as well. Just saying, I, I'd sort <laughs> of come <laughs> in and go, "Oh, that was an all right game." I also "Wonder what everyone else is saying." And it was like the whole forum was just on fire. Um,
2: so, well, I'm entitled to my opinion, yes. And then if someone's going to call you out in your opinion, say it's a big pile of horse manure, uh, and back it up, then you should, you know, fight back rather than just going, "I hate." Play our ex because he's rubbish. So, yep. Like Like usually, Pete Horns getting in the neck, or Finn Russell's next on the chopping block.
0: And a bit oh, like in the yeah. comment section on the on the blog, you know, if someone started a conversation, carry on the conversation. Don't start your own one again from the start. And an endless cycle of just people making the same point, trying to <laughs> yep. Moderate, draw attention to themselves.
1: Uh, moderating can be fun sometimes.
0: Yeah, uh, Rory, have you got hands in the ruck?
1: Well, if I'm I'm sort of in the situation uh, same same as Ian. I mean, I'd already. I think last time I was on, I had Scotland not winning try of the year because it was so predictable that they wouldn't win, even though it was blatantly the best one of the shortlist. Um, and we've already discussed George Horn not getting enough game time. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to pick on Hirsch on the comments who suggested that we convert Hamish Watson to a hooker. Oof. In order to... Well, I can't I can't remember if it was to solve the breakdown or to, to get Fraser Brown to play at seven. I'm,
2: I'm not sure. Yeah. I think it was Neil or Stu had suggested something about that. The other week as well after the Fiji game and yeah. then they'd said uh, put Hamish Watson at loosehead because he can throw people off with his left arm I thought, well no <laughs> <Yeah>. no <laughs> um, leave him where he is it's too late to get what, Is he 27 yeah yeah it's
1: fun and, too and why that. why yeah I mean Hooker is the only position in that entire pack pretty much apart from Watson's shirt that we're definitely sure at least 50% who's who's going to be playing there so mm-hmm. to just add further confusion would seem to add further confusion.
0: Yeah. Um very quickly before we go, my hands in the ruck is Orkney being forced to play a match. You can read more about that on the offside line. Um they were forced to play a match despite all the players being at Murrayfield watching the Argentina game. Um so go and go and look that out on the offside line. Um we have got to go. One night, I have got a crying child upstairs that I must go and attend to. Um <laughs>
2: I think she heard the Hamish
0: Watson. T- I think right. that was it. She was That's so offended by it. Um, yeah. Either that or me slagging off three lines. Who knows? But for, <laughs> for this week, anyway, um, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from Rory and Ian.
1: Goodbye. Ciao.